Hi, and welcome to another broadcast of Faith Life with Pastor Earl and friends. Well, I'm so glad that you joined us for this teaching of God's Word. We're studying the book of the Revelation, and we're in chapter 1, verse 10. Well, actually, verses 9 and 10. And so I just believe that this is going to be a great day of teaching for you. There's a beautiful song about the Holy Spirit. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit today. Here's a song by Francis Battistelli. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves. Where my heart becomes free and my shame is up. Welcome, Holy Spirit. We want your presence to fill our lives today. Pray for his presence to come and join us today. of the Revelation, and we're in chapter 1. We've learned so much about Jesus in the first eight verses. This is the revelation. This is the unveiling of Jesus Christ. We've also learned in verse 3, there's a special blessing if we will read this often neglected book, if we'll hear the words of this book, and we'll keep these things in our hearts. Let's keep before us the Jesus presented in chapter 1. He's not sweet baby Jesus in a manger, 
And he's not just our wonderful Savior on the cross. He is high and lifted up and glorious. He's the glorified Jesus now. He's no longer dead. He's very much alive and he's at the throne of God as the great high priest seeking to make intercession for us. Aren't you glad you have Jesus in your life? If you don't, today would be a great day. In verse 8, quickly, I'm Alpha and Omega. I'm all you need, the Lord says. I'm your all-sufficient one. You say, well, I need a new this and a new that and a new wardrobe and all that. No, the most important thing you need in your life to fill that God-shaped vacuum is you need Jesus. He fills all the need of our life from A to Z. He's the beginning and the ending. He's eternal, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come. That attribute was also given to the Father in verse 4, and we believe also to the Holy Spirit again in verse 4. He's the almighty Pantocrator one. He's powerful. And in verse 9, John tells us the circumstances of this writing. I, John, that great follower of Jesus, the one that he says, I'm the one that Jesus loved. He says, I'm also your brother, Adelphos, out of the same spiritual womb. He's identifying as part of the family of God, part of the faith family. And he says, I'm your companion, your sharer, your partaker in tribulation. I shared with you on our last broadcast that John was uh, boiled in oil, according to history, and somehow miraculously escaped that and under uh, the Roman Empire and Emperor Domitian, he was sent in exile to the Isle of Patmos forgotten by man, but remembered by God, where that is where God chose to do, I believe, one of John's greatest work, and that is downloading to him the book of the Revelation. He's your companion in tribulation, tribulation to be pressed, to be crushed and Maybe you're going through something right now. Well, John identifies with that with you. Also, so does Jesus. He's a the man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And he says, I'm in tribulation, companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. We're all a part of the kingdom of God, if you know Christ. And the patience is the Hupomoni, which means to remain under. You might be there listening now going, man, when is this trial going to be over? And sometimes patiently we just wait. Sometimes it's a short little trial and other times it's a, it's a long trial. It's an endurance race. And so I pray for you today. Oh God, we pray for that listener that's going through a crushing time. And I pray that they would just not give up, but they would remain under and that valley that's seeking to be the 
shadow of death will not destroy them, for you're with them. Turn that bitter valley into the valley of blessing. And so here, John is here for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ, for all the things that he spoke about and talked about. He was exiled there. They tried to shut him down. Our present culture is trying to do that with people of faith, trying to shut you down. But you know what? Jesus said the gates of hell can't prevail against his true and living church, his ecclesia, his called out assembly. As we get into verse one, what a powerful verse. John here, his position is he's your brother and companion in tribulation. He's going through a time of crushing, so he's identifying with all of us that go through those times, and maybe you're there right now. And also the physical things and emotional things, the tribulations, the crushings. Geographically, he's in a very miserable place. This is no kind of um, resort island. He's been exiled to a craggy cliff place, eight by 10 miles out in the middle of the Aegean Sea. He doesn't have all the communication abilities and all that you and I have, but physically he's out there on the Isle of Patmos. But there's something beautiful today in the 10th verse. You can be going through a tough time in the position you're in, where you're going through something physically or spiritually or emotionally. But in verse 10, you can rise above all of that because he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Let me just give you what I believe is a good interpretation of that. First of all, when it says, I was in the spirit, there are times in the scriptures when people like Ezekiel, Peter, Paul, and others were translated into a special place by the Lord where the Lord would give them extreme and wonderful revelation. He did it to Paul, and you can read about that in the scriptures. So when he says, I was in the spirit, geographically, he's in a tough place. He's in a place of crushing, a very difficult place, alone, away from friends and fellowship and people that he loved. This is loving John and he is being exiled on the Isle of Patmos. But he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Now, this is not, I believe, this is not Sunday. This is not Sunday because most of the New Testament writers referred to the time when the church would gather together as the first day of the week. And though we believe it to be Sunday, the day that we set aside to worship, and most people around the world do that, but it says it was the Lord's day. Well, after the rapture of the church, 
there's an event spoken of by the prophets which talks about all the things that'll go on in that seven-year period called the tribulation. It's that missing seven years from Daniel's prophecy of Daniel 9, 24 to 27. It was called a week, but a week is um, seven years, not, we know a week is seven days, but here it's seven years, and that will be the tribulation which is yet to come. And so I believe that by the Holy Spirit, John is going to be translated into the future at the day of the Lord. And it said, I heard behind me a great voice as of trumpet saying, I'm Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. Well, here he is on this island thinking perhaps that he's alone and Jesus pays him a personal visit. As I shared in the beginning of the teaching today, that we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. Genesis chapter 1 in verse 2, part of the triune God. He's God, the, there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. There's so much confusion about who the Holy Spirit, and yet he's the third person of the Godhead as that's what theologians call him. Third person of the Godhead, Isaiah 11 and verse 2. We already talked about the Spirit. It's called He's called the seven spirits which are before the throne, the spirit of counsel, knowledge, wisdom, all those things. Read Isaiah 11 verse 2. But he's also the one, the Spirit of God is the one that once you receive Christ as your Savior, Acts 2.38 says you repent and then you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God comes in and he indwells your heart by his Spirit. So if you're a believer, you have a body, a soul, and a spirit, and your spiritual nucleus, as it were, your spiritual life giver is now you have the Holy Spirit within you. You have God within you. What an incredible thought that is. Well, because John is now exiled on the Isle of Patmos, and yet he's not miserable, he's not unhappy, he's not all uh, dreadful and fearful because he has God within him. He has the Holy Spirit within him. And we know that this time in John's life, he's an elderly man. He's about 90, but he has experienced Pentecost where the Holy Spirit is not a visitor as he was in the Old Testament. He now abides with us forever. So here is John. Yes, he's been translated into this spiritual kind of trance, so that God could download this information to him too, too powerful for the human mind and heart to receive. And God places him in this particular mode. But also we as believers have the Holy Spirit 
and the Holy Spirit is the comforter of John 14 to 16, I would suggest, as I did myself, do a study on the Holy Spirit from Genesis to Revelation, and you will not you will find he's not an it, it's a person, the person of the Holy Spirit. And there's a powerful verse I'm going to close with today, and that is John 7, 38 and 39, same writer. He said, he that believeth on me, that's Jesus, as the scripture had said, out of his belly, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. God does not want you to be some dried up, shriveled up old saint. He wants you to be somebody that's full of love, full of joy, full of the Holy Spirit, full of peace. And you can do that. Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. You see, you receive the Holy Spirit upon your salvation. But the filling of the Holy Spirit is something that must be prayed for and pursued on a regular basis because our flesh fights against the Holy Spirit. And we constantly have to go back to God and say, oh God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for listening today. And if you're a person who's not yet a believer in Jesus, would you pray with me, dear Lord Jesus? Pray with me. I believe you died on the cross to save me from my sin. And I repent of my sin today. I change my mind, my will, my direction. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior right now in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you've done that, I hadn't given it to you before, but here is my email. If you have any prayer requests, etc., it's charisman, C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N, C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N, 1234 at gmail.com. Charisman, C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N, 1234 at gmail.com. God bless you. We love you. Have a great day.